Can you hear me? Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Here I am. Well, I wrote down some really good thoughts in my notes, but I don't want to read my notes, kids. Okay? So we'll see how this goes. Um, let me open up my Bible here. Can I, can I start by reading Matthew chapter 2? Right? Okay. Matthew 2. Uh, now, after Jesus was born uh, in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east, Magi, that they're like wise men, right? We have a lively group today, okay? Um, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who uh, has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. I'd like to read the whole passage, but you know how windy I am. So just let's look at this verse here. Um, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And they've come to King Herod, right? Remember this? About the wise men who came? And a lot of times we celebrate this after Christmas because it was probably up to two years before after jesus was born that they came looking for jesus they started sooner they started when they saw the star and verse six um they reference a prophecy from the old testament and you bethlehem land of judah are by no means least among the leaders of judah for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people israel so they got to the king herod and the the one the star was there for wasn't in the king's house. Where was Jesus born? He wasn't in Jerusalem. Where was he? Anybody remember? In a stable, you know, the town? Was it what? Bethlehem. So they had come following a star. Uh, you know, this week I, I was really hungry the other day, and I, I couldn't find anything. I found some apples. And... Uh, Sometimes with apples, you really don't know what's on the inside, do you? All right. She's seen this before. Now, let's see if I can do this right. What I was trying to say is that it could be a bad apple or a good apple that is rotten, right? It could be a very tasty apple or not. So I found an apple and I started cutting into it with my uh, my uh, Cloud Fire Services pocket knife here, and, uh, and and lo and behold, Claire, look what's inside this apple. It is a star. Claire was right. You see that, kids? Yeah. J- Jaden, what is that? Is that is that a star? Yeah. What what do you think? Is that are you sure? Yeah. James, is that a star? It's like, yep. Yeah. Huh? So see, there's a star in there, right? And it reminded me, you know, I was searching for something to eat. I found an apple, and there's a star. Whoa, there's a star. Reminds me of Matthew chapter two, right? A little bit? Anybody think about Matt? What did they follow? Yeah, they follow the star, not maybe in an apple, right? 
A lot of times, look at the top of the Christmas tree. What do we have on top of the Christmas tree? What else do we top our Christmas trees with? Angels. Why? Yeah, because they're part of the first coming of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus. And so the Magi followed the star. You know, uh, life can be difficult on this earth, can't it? Right? You know what's guiding you? What guides us? They were guided by a star. What can we be guided by? God. How does God speak to us? Primarily through what? Apples? Yeah, that would be general revelation of God. What's this I have over here? Bible. So God has declared to us how to live our lives through his word and how, you know what Jesus said in John 14, uh, 1 through 6, John 14, 6, he said, because Thomas said, how do we know the way to go? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. But back to our thoughts here, can you imagine what it would have been like for the Magi if they had gotten to Jerusalem and turned back, would they have ever got to see baby Jesus? If they went back home? How many of you have ever looked for something and gave up? Sometimes, yeah? Did you ever find it? No? Sometimes I've, Dandy and I have searched into the wee hours of the morning because okay, I'm like, well, it could be here, it could be there, and if I give up, I know it's going to be in the next place I, I didn't look. Anybody been there? So you don't give up? I'll tell you, sometimes you could go to sleep and get up and look some more, right? But we just have to find it then and there. And, um, you know, early in my marriage, I knew uh, it's good to keep looking because uh, one time we were needing our phone, and uh, finally, we found the phone. Did we find it that night? You're not positive where I'm going? Always check the freezers, all I got to say. All right? Anyway, don't give up. Keep looking, right? What does Jesus say in Matthew 7, 7? Now, some things we, we may not find. We may give up and never find, Right? But Jesus said in specific relationship to him, he said, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. God gives us all that we need. And what do we need? We need the Lord Jesus. Just like the Magi needed Jesus, right? Okay. So was there anything else I should have said about the star? Anybody have any thoughts? No, Claire? Nothing? Okay. Here, since you knew what was inside, you can have the apple. 
All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for these, these youngsters. And we thank you, Lord, that, that because of you, we will not be disappointed. <clears throat> you've given us everything we need. And I pray that these kids will not give up, that they would continue to follow you all the days of their lives. Lord, we thank you for them and ask that you'd bless and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can go back and sit down. Thank you, kids. Uh, Oh, no, I had some. (laughs) Well, it's going to slow me down, but thank you very much. (laughs) I'm all over the place today, aren't I, Josh? Thank you. Um, uh, You know, the point being is, uh, kids, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep following Jesus. Um, We're very blessed to have a wonderful Savior. Well, we're going to change course for a couple of weeks. Uh, We're going to look in Genesis 49.10 and... uh, as I was preparing uh, this, I, there's a couple thoughts I have for you. Do, do you know why uh, the photograph went to prison? Anybody? It was framed. You know, I'd lose a lot of hope if I went to prison. It would be hard to trust anyone after that. Why can't you trust a balloon? Full of hot air. Good job. It's full of hot air. I couldn't trust a hot air balloon, honestly. Seriously, I couldn't. I don't like heights, so I'd have to run or, or something, which reminds me, what do sprinters eat before a race? Nothing, because they fast. There's my dad jokes for, for the year. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it'd be hard if, if it was a long, hard race, wouldn't it? If I hadn't eaten anything, if I had fasted, it'd be hard. Well, anyway, perhaps we should turn to the Word again here in 49, and, and I'd like to read uh, the verses around it in Genesis 49. Are you there yet? Or did I distract you with my dad jokes? Okay, start at verse 8. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on, on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. You have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion who dares, rouse him up. The scepter, this is the main verse here for you. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Now, some of you don't have the word Shiloh there. Hold on, okay? Verse 11. He ties his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the 
choice vine. He washes his garments in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are full from wine and his teeth white from milk. Now, um, we can trust the Bible, right, kids, to guide us. We can follow it. We can trust the Bible and we can trust the Lord God no matter how long the race is that we, we must run on this earth. And we, you know, we need to keep our eyes on the Word just as the Magi kept their vision on the star. We must move on with great hope, immense, right? As you look out into the starry night, this time of year, it's really beautiful, right? That, that full moon this week has just been fabulous, hasn't it? But as you look out beyond the moon, past the first glitter of stars, and try to see the dimmest ones, that's immensity. If we could travel the length of the universe, that would be immense. And today I want to challenge you to see that we have great or immense hope. Greater immense hope. And we must move on with this immense hope. The immense hope of Shiloh must guide us onward or that is don't stop. The illustration with the kids. Don't stop, keep following, keep moving. Keep trudging along. Shiloh imparts immense hope for two simple reasons. First, the past blessing and prophecy were accomplished. Now these may be, some, be very familiar themes for you to understand as a believer in Jesus Christ. We can't move much farther forward if we don't have a solid foundation understanding where we've come um i saw just a glimpse of the old miracle on what 34th street and at the, towards the end of the movie the little girl they said that faith or belief is not really rooted in anything you can see or whatever but no it's, that's not quite right You know, it is rooted in fact and truth. And we see the truth behind us about the prophecies that have been fulfilled. And that's what I want you to see to begin with. And what we see in verse 49, or chapter 49, verse 10 of Genesis, all the way back. And this is not the first prophecy about Jesus Christ. It's not. Genesis 3.15. But here we have the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. So we see here is a, a blessing from Jacob to Judah. And so Jacob is going through all of his sons ta- telling them blessings, also some curses or some challenges saying this is what you've done, this is where you're going to struggle so we see in the, this, this prayer or this blessing of Jacob to Judah that he is saying, from your line, you will have someone who will have power and authority. A king will come. Really. How, how do we see that? 
Well, first, I want to challenge you to see we can trust the Word of God, we can trust the prophecies, we can trust the promises, because we know the royal line remained, and looking back here in this passage, did it take place? So this blessing from Jacob to Judah, what's a blessing? Maybe I should pause for a minute. Well, in, in Genesis, the blessing is very, very important. It is also a promise that God would get Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All three were promised land, seed, and blessing. And from that seed would be the Messiah, right? But also further posterity, that is, Israel still exists, folks. And there is, has been some anti-Semitism that is bearing its head throughout the nations. That is to be put an end to. Satan is still doing his work. Israel, the Jewish people, still exist because God is not done. And we are to love his, those people, his people. God has grafted us in, but Israel has not been replaced by the church. It has not. We have been grafted in. God is not done with them. But land, seed, and blessing. So the blessing was very instrumental in understanding what God was doing, not only for Israel, but for all mankind. We have been blessed by Israel, specifically through Jesus Christ. And we will be blessed by Jesus Christ's rule again someday. But blessing is more than a hope, but a prayer. It is a key or core concept here in Genesis again. But God's blessing of goodness is more than, this is what I hope for you. It's more than just having a lot of stuff, a lot of wealth, a lot of goodness. We are blessed, and Abraham was blessed, and Israel was blessed to be a blessing, to share God's love and God's grace. And so it is a blessing. It is also a prophecy or a promise from Jacob to Judah. And so what is it? Well, the scepter. Scepter can be translated from Hebrew as a rod or a branch or even as a tribe. So Judah still existed. Uh, verse 16 and 28, it's, it's translated tribe. But the context is crucial. Here it signifies the tribal rod or staff of office which belonged to any tribe and was the ensign of authority. That is, it was a seal of authority. It was a picture of authority. Psalm 108 verse 8 says, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim also is a helmet of my head, Judah is my scepter. We have a very important picture here that from Judah would be a royal line of authority. It also points to the fact that Judah would, be, would remain. It lasted longer than, than the northern tribes in the land with authority. Judah had government authority from, from David and Solomon, except for there's some times of judgment during uh, the captivity. But when we come back and look at Matthew, at the beginning of Matthew... Judah still has some, some clout, not much. But it's fascinating, one commentator mentioned that they, and really the Levites, and Judah behind them, gave 
up their authority to not kill Jesus in, in John 18, 31, Matthew 12, 37. And so some say because Shiloh had come, there is no longer the authority other than through him. Now all the tribes exist, but Judah's authority had existed for quite a while, and some could say until Shiloh took his legal authority. But the, the royal line remained through the reality, and if we get into the genealogies, which I'll mention later, we see that Jesus is of the tribe of David, of the tribe of Judah. And so there was no destruction of Judah. Jesus came. The royal line delivered. Now, Jesus was delivered, right? The delivery of the baby Jesus. But, but just think back. David, the son of Jesse of the tribe of Judah, was promised that his descendant would be the one, Shiloh. Now, Solomon fulfilled some of the portions of the promises to David, but not all of them. It looked forward to the Messiah. The promises, the prophecies looked forward past Solomon to King Jesus. Yes, he fulfilled some of them, but not all of them. And we can see there's this eternal perspective of, of, as we look at Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, of the reality of an eternal king, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at a couple other promises or prophecies in the Old Testament. Isaiah 11.10, then in that day the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who was David's father, Jesse, right? Who will stand as a signal for the peoples and his resting place will be glorious. Isaiah 62.11, behold the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, lo, your salvation comes Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. That word righteousness, I think, is important. We'll come back to it in a minute. That guy... Two seven. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And so it's very important to see the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. All right? Luke 1, 32 through 33. He will be great. Okay, so this is... Is the angel telling Mary that her son would fulfill prophecy? He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And so we could go to Matthew 1 and look at Mary's side. From the line of David. Then we could go to Luke 3.23. And look at Joseph's side. The legal side. As a legal father. Of the tribe of David. 
or of the line of David, of the tribe of Judah. What I want you to see with all of this is that God's promises always are fulfilled. Yes, they're fulfilled. The past blessings and prophecies were accomplished. Now, we've taken trips, right, girls? Where there might be, man, are we about there, Dad? Well, yeah, we, one more town. About five towns later. Oh, uh, I was wrong. One more hill. What we should see, we should see the town lights. Uh, no, Dad was wrong again. Uh, dads are often wrong. Moms are often wrong, right? Amen? No. Um, but God is never wrong. Is he? Has he always fulfilled Or has he always done what he says he will do? As believers in Jesus Christ, we say absolutely, amen, yes. He has, and so we can move on forward and trust that he will do what he has said he will do that we have yet to see. And some may say, well, what's the proof? We simply can say, Jesus is the proof. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's not about the gifts. Right, kids? It's about Jesus. And the reality of Christmas should give us immense hope. The second simple reason Shiloh imparts immense hope is the future blessing and promises are therefore certain. Pretty easy. You're like, Pastor Levi, I've, I've heard a lot of your messages. I could have probably come up with this just thinking about some of the past messages because it seems like we hit these a lot. Yeah, we do. But again, kind of going with the same theme as we looked at before The royal one remains. Not just that Jesus came, but also that he grew up, he lived a perfect life, and then he he died on the cross and rose again. That is, he came as a lowly king. The magi came to the wrong place. They went to the, the, the king's palace, Herod's palace, right? Where was he? One of the kids said, in a stable. He was in Bethlehem. He did not come as a mighty reigning king, and yet he is still king of the universe. He came as a suffering servant. He lived and died on the cross, and he rose again, and so he's a victorious king. I want to cross-reference all of this, and we don't have much time, but look at... Psalm 72. This is a fascinating psalm, okay? Fascinating psalm. Psalm 72. And it says, a psalm of Solomon. Well, they're not sure. It might have been David that wrote it for Solomon. It it may have been Solomon. David, it may have been a prayer for Solomon as he's becoming king. It may have been Solomon's prayer for himself. It should have been a prayer for each king as they came in, but there's some undertones of the reality that the the full realization of the psalm will only 
come to fruition or, or take place when the Messiah or Shiloh comes, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our suffering Savior, or the one who came first as a suffering servant and is coming back as the rightful king. Either way, it points not only to Solomon's rule, but more completely to King Jesus' rule. And so if you note the passage, I'm just going to mention a couple of thoughts here. And we may come back to it later. Who knows? Verses 1 through 7. The word righteous is used four times. Who is the righteous king? We know Solomon failed later in his life. Drastically. But notice all the wonderful things the righteous king is able to do. Verse 3 is most significant. And in today's world, the song that we sang there at the end, right, that John went over and read verse 3, I heard the bells ring, right? Is that the name of the song? Right? And if you go back and you read how who wrote it and, and the time frame, there, I believe, at the end of the Civil War. And then the bells rang and he remembered he still had some hope. Well, we still have immense hope, right? But it talked about peace. You know, uh, this world mocks the song of peace. Goodwill to men. And because there cannot be any peace unless there's a righteous judge who will deal with those who are unwilling to con- confess and repent of their sins and continue to do horrible and heinous things to others. There will always be men and women like that until Jesus comes. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Let the mountains bring peace to the people and the hills in righteousness. Jesus will bring peace to the people. He will bring peace to the people. May He vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressed. The only perfect government will be Jesus' government. So verse 1 through 7 is about the righteous king. Verses 7 through 11 of this psalm, Jesus will reign over all the earth. Warren Wiersbe says that there will be no peace on earth until the prince of peace is reigning and the nations have submitted to him. The third part of this psalm, verses 12 through 14, Jesus is the compassionate king. Only Jesus is perfect in his grace and his care. Only Jesus gives life and life abundantly. In verses 15 through 20, Jesus' kingdom will be glorious and Israel will prosper. But what I, what I think we ought to recognize here is that Jesus remains. And we have not seen this take place as of yet but we will, right? No? I believe that the one who, who was born, who was delivered so many years ago, will deliver on God's promises. He will return. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 19, verse 16. Jesus still remains. He rose again and he is coming again. Praise the Lord. 
So when we sing these songs and we're singing about a glorious Savior and we can see the love of God and that Jesus came, we can see that God is still involved in, in, in this world and, and on behalf of us and on behalf of all mankind. But Genesis, or I mean, sorry, Revelation 19 verse 16 And, and this is speaking of Jesus when he comes again, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Next chapter, verse, chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. That's speaking of the tribulation saints. But we are to note as we go through this passage, passages in Revelation that we, the church, will be with him. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark of their, on their forehead or on their hands, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. There is no allegory or metaphor language used with this number. Jesus will deliver on the promises God made through his servant Jacob in his prayer and his blessing to Judah his promise to David, the reality of Jesus, and the promise to us all that he would come again and reign righteously. In Genesis 49, the reason I bring that up in verse 11, in 49, 11, and 12, there are poetic pictures of the prosperity that will characterize that thousand-year reign of Jesus. It will happen. He will reign righteously. For God, I had those verses. It will take place. You know, so let me read again just a couple of thoughts. The scepter will not depart. As we look at verse 49, or verse 10, chapter 49 of, Gen- of Genesis. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes, here's some of you have this translation where it says, instead of Shiloh, to whom it belongs, is which is what Shiloh means. And the obedience of the nations is his. So the, Gabriel, uh, the angel <laughs> Gabriel, in his message to the Virgin Mary in that passage of Luke 1, 32 through 33, which I read, The angel Gabriel, in this message to the Virgin Mary concerning the birth of her Holy Spirit-conceived Son, tied this prophecy to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus is everything. 
And I guess the challenge for us is, is not only to see that God has delivered in the past, but that the future blessing and promise is certain. The promises are certain. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? Are you willing to accept the reality in the mundane things of this day that Jesus is still at work and he is coming again and we can have immense hope, we can have great hope, we can celebrate, much like a kid celebrates when they're just about to open that present and yet when they open it, oh, it's just closed. For us, it isn't just going to be closed, it's going to be more. Okay, maybe that's a bad illustration, okay? It's that dirt bike. that rifle no girls i don't know what you want anyway (laughs) but the immense hope of shiloh it should guide us onward the reality is it's just about like when we're about to get something really exciting where you should be excited throughout our lives which i know we won't be i aren't i i aren't i am not always excited about the day Sometimes I'm excited about the day and then I, I forgot the apples. It's all my whole day's ruined. But we can go about life with great excitement, great desire to do our best because Jesus has come and he is coming again. That's what Christmas is about. The celebration of what God has done and the reality that he isn't done. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your great mercy and grace towards us, your promise of eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the reality that your Son, Jesus Christ, will deliver on that promise. Help us to go out this week remembering that we have a great many other blessings in our lives. Help us to know how to share that with others, even when it's scary, even when it makes us feel uncomfortable. Even when it's difficult, help us to share the blessings you've given us with others. Help us to be that light to others, to reflect your glory and your love to others. And help us to remember in the darkest moments of emotions of your great love and your great promises. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have uh, some youngsters coming.